a few things really quickly and just kind of let you know what's come on anybody excited about summer about half the room's excited about summer all the other half that didn't say woo they're either uh, they're probably parents because their kids are at home all summer and they're like yeah you know I'm not sure about this summer thing uh <laughs> Man, we're excited about summer at Impact, and so throughout the months of June, July, and August, we're going to be celebrating summer here, and got a lot of stuff coming up. I want to let you know about that here in just a moment, more details on that. Before I get into that, we are excited about iGroups that are beginning this week, and so we have a short six-week semester of iGroups. We believe in doing life together. We believe it's important uh, to, to do that and to be together, and I need you, you need me, we need to be able to encourage each other and hang out and be around people that are going in the same direction that you are going. And so groups are very important. I encourage you, go on the website, yourimpactchurch.com slash igroups, and you can click on the link there, and it'll pull up a full directory of all the groups that are available. Uh, one of them is starting today. It's a spin class. Come on, somebody. You can you can hang out with people and get in shape at the same time at Impact Church. Come on, somebody. Another way that you can do that is you can show up here and help us set up on Sunday mornings, and you can hang out with people and exercise at the same time. Uh, I don't know if you, many of you know that, but this uh, this room is completely empty when we get here. And so all of this stuff is set up by people that get here early in the morning. Uh, to make sure that that seats are out and everything is set up and this stage is is put together and and all of that even on the kids side and so uh, be sure and go on the website check out the groups be a part of that the the spin class group for today normally on Sundays it'll meet every Sunday at five o'clock today we have a pool party we're kicking off the the summer with a with a party and we're gonna have food and games and all that don't not come if you don't want to swim I'm not gonna be swimming so. Uh, just show up, hang out, uh, bring your kids, bring your dogs, bring your, you know, just just bring everybody. We're going to have a good time this afternoon. That's going to begin at 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock, and so you'll want to make sure that you're there for that. And uh, because of that, today the spin class will be at 2 p.m., and so we want to make sure that you know that. And I'm going to pull up on my phone. Don't Don't judge me. Some of you are judging me right now. Got his phone out at church. I'm going to give you the address for the pool party. Are you ready? Is everybody ready? I told you last week I would give you the address so that you would know where to go. Um, all right, here it is. If you want to put it in your phone, you want to write it down or whatever, it's 10 County Road 24745. 24745. That's in Brookston, so it's about 10 minutes outside of town. And so we would love to see you there. We're going to have uh, bring whatever bring whatever you want to bring. If you want to bring drinks, if you want to bring uh, your favorite dish, bring something. Show up. Let's hang out. Let's let's uh, spend some time together beginning at three o'clock, and uh, it's going to be a good time. And then the iClub trip is this coming weekend. So this Friday and Saturday, all of our fifth through eighth graders that have signed up and paid to go on that trip, they're going to Magic Springs and they're going to be at the water park slash amusement park. Come on somebody. How many of you know there's nothing better than an amusement park attached to a water park where you can just go get hot and sweaty, ride all the good rides, and then go put your swimsuit on and get on uh, the tubes and all that stuff, man. There's nothing better than that. So they're going to be going this Friday and Saturday. You do have until Wednesday to get signed up. So uh, I would encourage you today on your way out, if you want to, it's $75. If you want to write a check for that or or pay cash, whatever you want to do, sign. If you have a fifth through eighth grader, sign them up so they, they can go this Friday and Saturday. And I want to give you an overview. We're going to get into uh, this series that we're about to start here in just a couple of minutes. 
but I want to give you an overview. We're excited about the summer. We really are. And, and for the next three months, kind of let you know where we're going. Uh, so we're about to start today. We're starting a, uh, we're starting a new series called Staycation. Come on, somebody say Staycation. How many of you, you hear people talking about vacation and you're like, yep, staycation. That's what I got going on is staying at home, not going anywhere, not doing anything. Sometimes you go somewhere and you're more busy while you're gone than you are when you come back. Uh, so we're starting a series called Staycation, and we're going to be talking about living life on mission. Uh, after we finish that, we're going to do a series that we're calling probably Next Steps. And we're going to be talking specifically about our vision as a church. And so this is going to be when we head into July, we're talking about our vision as a church. And so if you have ever wondered what we're all about, what, why we do what we do, we have a, a class you can go through called Next Steps. But I'm going to be preaching a series of messages that's going to kind of take that in depth and help you apply it to your life. Because we have four things that we want God to accomplish in your life uh, as, as you're a part of this church. And we're going to talk about those four things in depth after that. And then after that, we're going to do uh, a series, an annual thing that we started last year that we call At The Movies. Come on, anybody remember At The Movies last summer? It was a good time. We watch clips of movies, and we'll watch five or six clips of different movies, and it's a great time, and we'll talk about it and how we can actually apply that. I don't know if you know this, but you can actually take secular mu secular movies and you can take clips from them, and you can actually figure out how to apply that spiritually in your life. There's some good lessons to be learned, and so we're going to do that as well as we end the summer. And so we're looking forward to all of that, and we want you to be here. And uh, if you do go on vacation this summer, we hope you have a great time. And and uh, you can always check us out online if you're gone. That's one of the great things that we have going on here. But, hey, I want to get into this because for the next 32 minutes and 54 seconds, I want to give you uh, everything that I feel like God gave me as we kind of kick off this series that we're calling Staycation. And what we're going to be doing throughout this series is talking about different ways that we can make sure that we're living our lives on mission, that we're living our lives the way that God intends for us to live our lives. Come on, anybody feel like you've got life figured out and you live uh, your life on mission all the time? Anybody in the room today? You... Dude, you are awesome. We need to we need to talk we need to talk after church. He's got it figured out. We're going to be we're going to be talking about how we can live on mission. Uh because how many of you know that God has a purpose for you? God has a plan for you. God has God has a life in store for you that many of us are not living uh because of of a few things that we're going to talk about throughout this series. And so we're going to be talking about that and and how it applies especially here in our city and in our community. Uh, that's why this series is called Staycation. It's, it's, it's geared toward the people that are around you every single day, the people that you live by, the people that you work with, the people that you are in community with. And as we kick this series off, I want to talk to you on this subject. The title of today's message is, This is Real Life. This is Real Life. Somebody say, This is Real Life. Y'all going to have to talk back to me today. You're being awfully quiet as we uh, begin the summer months. Uh, I want to start off with a question. And I, and I want you to be honest because we're going to have a little bit of fun with this for just a moment, but it's going to kind of set the ground for, uh, for where we're going today. But how many of you have ever been anywhere? You've been in the, let's just, let's just say you've been in Aldi's, you've been in Walmart, you've been somewhere and you're shopping, you're doing your thing, you're pushing your buggy, you know, you got, maybe you got your kids with you or, or you left your kids at home with your spouse because that's your time away for 30 minutes uh, when you do your shopping. I don't know what it is for you, but you're, you're going through the store and how many of you have ever seen somebody 
you knew. And as soon as you saw this person that you knew, you went down the next aisle. <laughs> Let's all just raise our hands. Anybody ever seen somebody you knew and you thought, oh my gosh, if I get stopped by them, I'm trying to. And, and some of you, some of you, you, you moms, you're like, this is my only time away. And I'm not going to stop and talk to you in the middle of Walmart. Come on, everybody, everybody. We've all been there, right? Or you're, 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 you're somewhere, you ever been on vacation? Or you've been out of town? Maybe you just went to Dallas and you've been out of town and you're doing this thing and you're hanging out with your family and then you saw somebody you knew. And you're like, this is like my three-day weekend. And I'm not supposed to see somebody that I know while I'm two and a half hours away doing something fun and you dodge them in the moment. Why do we do this? Can I submit to you the reason that we do this a lot of times is because we don't like interruption. You don't like, come on, I'm all over your toes already and we're five minutes into the message. You and I do not like to be interrupted. When you're in the zone doing something, how many of you just love when somebody comes and interrupts you? You just love it. You just, you're just, you know, you're just sitting there praying, you know, you're working on something at the house, you're like, I just pray, I just hope to God that somebody pulls in the driveway right now and just wants to talk for 30 minutes while I'm doing this work. I mean, I just, I just cannot wait for somebody to do that. No, we don't like being interrupted, but I want to talk to you about interruptions for the next few moments because all of us have been there. All of us have avoided that person in the grocery store. All of us have been driving down the road and saw somebody in the vehicle next to us and went like this. <laughs> and we're just looking straight ahead. Don't make any eye contact, you know, as long as, you know, if, if I stay really still, maybe they don't see me. <laughs> We've all been there. And so I want to talk about it for a moment. And as we, as we jump into this, I want to read quite a bit. I want to read quite a few verses. We're actually going to read 27 verses together today. Is it okay if we read the Bible in church today? Uh, and before we get into these 27 verses, it's important for me to give you some background because otherwise you're not going to really know why this is important. But right before what we're about to read, these 27 verses, we're talking about Jesus. And this is kind of following Jesus' life and what somebody wrote about their experience being with Jesus. And Jesus has just preached. There's a sermon, the, the, the very first sermon that is recorded called the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe you've heard it if you've been in church before. You've heard that said before. But basically Jesus is preaching this message to this large crowd of people. I mean large crowd of, just think mega church amount of people that are on this on this mountain this hill or whatever and Jesus is out there and he's teaching them and telling them all of these things and and some people even believe that this might have been a few days that he's teaching that this might have been going on for a while. You know, I can imagine Jesus teaching. If Jesus was standing up here and he was trying to tell you, there's no way I could communicate this as well as Jesus could. But if Jesus was up here and he was talking to you about things, you'd be like, um, excuse me, Jesus, uh, what, what do you mean by that, right? Because Jesus, Jesus knows it all. And we're just trying to communicate what we know and what, what we feel like God speaks into our lives here at church. But Jesus is teaching all of these people, and he's speaking, and he's just, you know, you know, he's just jumping around, and he's excited, and he's yelling, and and all this stuff, and he's like, you know, you, this is what this is what the kingdom of God is like, you know, and all this stuff, and he's exerting all of this energy, 
And then immediately after he comes down from where he's been teaching, these 27 verses happen that we're going to read about uh, today. And so let's jump into Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 1. It says, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him. Jesus is, Jesus is tired. Jesus has been preaching. Jesus has been teaching, and suddenly a man with leprosy approaches him and knelt down before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed, and instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be Healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Now, I don't have time to get into why he was amazed. Maybe that's confusing to you, but, but there's, a, there's a whole thing going on there. So when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. Then she got up and prepared a meal for him. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he instructed his disciples to cross to the other side of the lake. Then one of the teachers of religious law said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to even lay his head. Another of his disciples said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me now. Let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake when waves breaking, with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Some of you just need to hear the word today that Jesus is asking you, why are you so afraid? Why are, why are you so afraid? Why are you so worried about that? Why are you so paranoid about that? 
Why are you so anxious about that? Why are you so depressed about that? Why do you keep thinking about that? I want to I want to point out that right after Jesus has finished teaching this large crowd of people, this crowd of people begins to follow him. Now, how many of you, if you were around a lot of people, and you just had a whole bunch of people over to your house, and you were hosting them, and you were feeding them, and you were doing everything to make sure that they had a great time, and then it came, it came time for you to go somewhere, all right, it's time for everybody to leave, you know, party's over, I've got to run here, you know, I've got to run to the store and get this, and everybody just loaded up in their cars and followed you to the store. Then they come back home to your house, and they're like, well, you know, it's time for bed. You know, it's getting kind of late. And they're like, we'll just sleep on the couch. We'll just hang out with you. You get up the next morning, they're still there. What you going to fix this for breakfast? Jesus has just finished teaching all of these people. And as soon as he walks down, he's like, whew. The disciples, you know, the disciples are with him. They're, they're probably like, you know, great message, Jesus. That like, was awesome. You know, that's good stuff. You know, you have to explain some of that later. You know, I don't really understand it all, but that's good stuff. Jesus is coming down, and all the large crowd follows him. And then a man with leprosy is like, hey, if you can help me, please help me because I need to be healed. And Jesus is like, okay, you know, I'll help you, and, and, and I'll heal you or whatever. And then another guy goes, hey. Hey, this guy in my house, he's sick and he's in pain. And, and I know that you can just say the word. So if you'll just say the word, then, then he can be healed and, and, and everything will be okay. And, and he's like, okay, you know, he'll be healed this very hour. And the Bible says that he was healed that very hour. And he goes back and, and finds a servant and, he, and he's all better. And immediately after that, Peter's like, hey, my mother-in-law, I know you're coming to the house. That's where we were going, you know. She was going to have something fixed for you, but she's really sick. So she's laid up in the bed. And can you can you do something for her? I know you were coming over here to relax and hang out, and we were supposed to have dinner ready for you. But can you do something for her? And, and, he, and he heals her. And then right after that, it's like, hey, we got all these demon-possessed people. Hey, all these people struggling with all this stuff over here. Can you, Jesus, can you come over here? Can you come do this? And Jesus is like, all right, decide, you know, tells the disciples, hey. Just get in the boat. We're going to go to the other side of the lake. Get ready. This is what we're about to do. Get on the boat. Jesus is taking a nap, right? How many of y'all be taking a nap after all that too? You've been teaching all these people. All these people coming up to you asking for help, need something, interruptions. Jesus is taking a nap in the boat. And the disciples, hey, I don't know how you're sleeping because this boat's about to tip over. Can you fix this? And Jesus gets up and he's like, why are you so afraid? And he tells the wind and the waves and he says, be still. And the storm stops and the disciples are like, what? Who is this guy that even, like he can talk to the waves and the waves obey? He can tell the wind to stop blowing and the wind stops blowing? Jesus is being interrupted over and over and over and over, and he teaches some people, and then he's interrupted again, and over, and can you help me, and can you do this, and can you help me, can you fix my situation, and here's what I notice about Jesus in every interruption, and you can go throughout the whole, you can read all four gospels, when Jesus was on the earth, 
And you can see all of these times he was interrupted and people asking him to do things. And, hey, can you heal me? And, hey, can you touch me? And, hey, can you come here? And, hey, can you, you know, like, whoo, we hungry, but that's all we got. And Jesus is like, you know, give thanks for it. And it just feeds all these people. All of these interruptions. Here's what I notice about Jesus' response in everything. And it's this right here. Do we have that on the screen? He listens and responds to the needs that are around him. Every single time. How many of us listen and respond when God brings people into our path that he wants us to pray over or to help or to, to, to maybe give them $10 or, or you feel like you're supposed to pay for the person behind you's meal in the drive-thru? How many times do we listen and respond when Jesus puts something on our heart to do? And every time I see, and the reason is because we view it as an interruption. It's an interruption. And every time we see Jesus interrupted, he always listens. He responds. He gives an answer. He heals. He touches. He does whatever is needed in the situation, whatever, whatever the Father tells him to do in that situation. But I don't think there's many of us in the room, myself included. I'm not preaching to just you today. I'm preaching to myself today. That there are not many of us that are sitting here or standing in this room today that can say, you know what, whenever God brings a, uh, an interruption into my life, you know what I do? I just listen, I respond, I try to help people all the time. Because we don't like interruption. We don't like interruption. Jesus lived his life on earth on mission. And he's calling us to do the same. And so I want to give you three points. And here's my first one. And we're going to kind of split them up and, and you'll figure it out as we go along. But my first point today is in the form of a question. And it goes along with the title of the message. And the question is, what is real life? What is real life? Because we think we've got real life figured out. We think we know what, what this life is supposed to look like. And I found this this last week. This is C.S. Lewis. Many of you know who that is. An author. And, and uh, man, he's just got some great books that I would encourage you to read. Great perspective. This is what he says. He says, the great thing, if one can, is to stop regarding all of the unpleasant things as interruptions of one's own or real life. The truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life. The life God is sending one day by day. What one calls one's real life is a phantom of one's own imagination. <laughs> Let that just sink in for a moment. That basically, here's, I kind of reworded this. Basically, here's what I believe God is telling us through what C.S. Lewis said, is that we, what we view as interruptions in our lives are actually opportunities for the real life that God desires for us to have with each other. What you and I view as an interruption that we're trying to avoid, that we're trying to, woo, you know, slip down the, you know, the, the cereal aisle because I just saw this person down here and I don't want to get caught. What, what God is trying to bring into your life every single day, God would call opportunities, we would call interruptions. Many times we're, we're like, God, I want to be used. I want to know what my purpose is. I want to know what you want me to do. And God's like, will you quit avoiding everything that you're calling an interruption that I'm calling an opportunity? Because I'm trying to use you over and over and over and over and over again, but you won't be used because it's an interruption for what you call real 
life. <laughs> they get up and, and, and run out the door because I woke up in just enough time to take a shower and brush my teeth and put on my clothes and get to work three minutes late. Well, I'm on my lunch break, and so I've got to hurry, and so I'm trying to get this done. I'm trying to get out of the grocery store, and oh, you know, I just can't, you know, and, and, and I just got to, I just got to hurry. I don't have time, you know. I feel like, oh, you know, it seems like the cashier's struggling, but I don't have time for that right now because I got to get back to work. The oh, you know, I just got home from work, and golly, babe, it was such a long day, and the kids want to play, and I know they want to go jump on the trampoline, but oh, I just want to sit down. I just want to take a shower and sit down, and and that's just what I want to do for the evening. What we're calling interruptions. God is wanting to use us in those people's lives. But many of us, were like, ah, oh, I just don't feel like God's using me. And the reason, maybe, I'm not telling you that it's 100% this, but maybe something that you need to take to prayer, maybe you, something you need to start thinking about is you can't be interrupted. And the reason that you don't feel like God is really using you is because everything that God is sending your way every single day, you view as an interruption to your day-to-day -day life and what you've got on your agenda and what you want to accomplish and the direction that you're going and what you've got to get done. Are you with me? Some of y'all are like, I ain't coming back to this church ever, ever again. <laughs> Living your life on mission isn't always going to be easy. But it's what God's called us to do, especially right here in our community, right here in our city, right here in our neighborhoods. Why? Because there are needs in every community, including Paris, Texas. Everywhere. Everywhere. And the reason that many of us, I'm just going to, uh, I promise I may get off your toes here in just a minute. But the reason that, that, that many of us don't know about the needs that are in our community is because we view it as an interruption. We view it as something that's not convenient. It's not convenient. This is my day off. This is my Saturday. This is my Sunday afternoon. You trying to get me to go do what? You want me to do what? You want me to stay around here until 2 o'clock and tear this church down and do what? Sometimes I think that's the way God talks to me. <laughs> Up in, in his upper register. What? <laughs> you want, that's, that's inconvenient. You want me to get here early? That's inconvenient. That's going to interrupt my morning routine. You want me to, God, you're asking me to serve? What? You're at, like, I'm supposed to do what? That's going to mess up with what I got going on on Tuesday night. I know I hear him up there talking about groups, but, oh, man, where are we going to find the time to get in a group? It's an interruption. And some of you, God wants to use you in a group. But you can't be used because you can't be interrupted. You can't be inconvenienced. Y'all are looking at me. <laughs> Y'all are looking at me this morning like, "Oh dear God, why are we doing this series?" I'm just trying to I'm trying to help you and I told you earlier I'm preaching to myself probably more than I'm preaching to you. Because I felt like God said, "Can you be interrupted? Is this really your real life or is what I try to bring your way your real life?" The opportunities that I try to bring actually your real life. We got to make that decision. So what would it look like if each one of us made the decision 
today that we were going to make and we were going to we were going to impact our community. That we just said, you know what, my, this community matters, and there are needs everywhere. And I feel like I know that what I might view as an interruption, God sees as an opportunity, and so I'm going to take hold of the opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life. What would it look like if we all decided to embrace interruptions in our daily lives instead of avoiding them? And maybe we need to ask ourselves this question today. In what ways could God be trying to use my current surroundings as a divinely purposed mission field? See, we think about it, and here in a couple of months, or in less than two months, we're going to be taking a team of people to Jamaica, and we're going to be doing some work with a church there, and doing some work with an orphanage there, and doing some, some pretty incredible things to share the love of Jesus in another country. But when was the last time we shared the love of Jesus in Paris? When was the last time we did something to make a difference in somebody's life here? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm all for helping people all around the world. I feel like we're called to. That's what Jesus said. He said, but he also said, here. He said, here, and if you want me to just put it in 2019 English, he said, do it here, do it in the surrounding areas, and do it all over the world. And so many times we're neglecting here to do all of the other stuff. And, we're, man, we're for all the other stuff, but we can't forget about here. We can't forget about where God has placed us at this time. So I want to give you points two and three um, as we kind of wind things down today. I want to give you these because I believe that these are two things that God desires for us to do in those interruption moments. So the first thing, you've got to decide what is real life. Is real life what I want to do, or is real life the opportunities that God keeps trying to bring me that I view as interruptions? Once you embrace the fact that real life is actually the life that God desires for you to have, not the plans that you make all the time, then when you get in these situations where you're interrupted or where you're walking down the aisle and you see somebody and you feel like God is saying, don't avoid them, don't avoid them, they might, they might need something in that moment, there are two things that I think we can learn from Jesus Here's, the, here's point number two, is to be kind and loving. Be kind and loving. Now, I don't have time to get into what being kind and loving actually means, but be kind and loving. <laughs> don't try to redefine what you think kind and loving is. You, you be kind and loving to the people that, that God brings your way. Uh, I found this quote. This last week, and we should have this on the screen, says, often the most effective ministry a Christian will have is loving and serving their own communities right where they are. That's the most effect. oftentimes that's the most effective thing you'll ever do, is to be kind and love people and serve people right where you are. The job where you are, the neighborhood where you are, the church where you are, the city where you are, the, the county where you are, to find opportunities to be kind and loving. When was the last time that you were genuinely kind and loving towards someone that you viewed as an interruption? And I, I just jotted down some here to try to help us out today. What are some reasons why we don't show genuine kindness and love to people that we encounter each day? Just just a few practical things that I think most of us can relate to. Here's number one. We're tired. We're tired. Been working all day, just trying to run into the grocery store. Don't want to talk to you. We're tired. But what if it's an opportunity? 
what if God's trying to use you? What if God's trying to help to use you to do something in that person's life? We're, here's another one. We're distracted. We're distracted. Anybody ever been looking at somebody and not hear a word they say? Why do we do this? Because we're thinking about everything that we want to do. We're thinking about everything got to be cleaned up at home. We're thinking about everything that's got to be done and what's on our agenda and what's coming up next week. And, oh, yeah, I need to be doing that. And somebody be talking to you, and they'll finish talking to you, and you're like, I don't know what they just said. I don't know if I should pray right now, if I should rebuke them. if I, should, I, don't, I don't know what I should do right now because I didn't hear anything that just came out of their mouth because I was distracted. We're distracted. We're distracted by things. We're distracted by material things. Sometimes we're not even, we're not living our lives on mission for what God has for us because we're distracted by the stuff that we want. We're distracted by money. We're distracted by, by work. We're distracted by, we're distracted by, uh, by our kids. We're distracted by all, we're, we're just distracted. And so a lot of times we don't even see the opportunity. It's just a complete interruption because we are so distracted by everything. Like, like we'll be talking to somebody and it's like, you know, don't you know that I could be mowing the yard right now instead of talking to you? And some of you are laughing because I know because you know I'm telling you the truth. The others of you aren't laughing or doing anything because you know I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> because it's an inter- it's it's inconvenient. It's an interruption. But God views it as an opportunity. We don't we don't have time. Many of us we have crammed our schedule so full of stuff that we don't have time to do anything God wants us to do. We have everything so planned out. Now, I'm all for scheduling time to be with Jesus. I'm all for, I think you need to do that because if you don't do that, you'll never do it. You need to say, you know what, I've got to be at work at 8. And so every morning from 7 to 7.30, I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to listen to a worship song. I'm going to get in the right frame of mind before I go to work. You need to set an appointment to meet with Jesus because if you don't, just like everything else in your life, it'll never happen. You need to. But so many times we're scheduling our whole day out and what we're going to do. It's like, all right, we're going to do this till 2, and then we're going to do that. You know, then we got to be, we got five minutes to get across town to do this, and then we're going to go over here and do this or whatever. And, and when was the last time that you had any room to be interrupted? Because so many times we say, somebody needs help. Oh, I just don't have time. Oh, I would, but I just don't have time. Oh, I wish I could, but I just don't have time. We just don't have time. Here's another reason. Uh, sometimes we just don't think it's important. If it doesn't involve, if it doesn't, if it doesn't affect me, can I, can I say it this way? Y'all love me enough that I can say it this way. If it doesn't affect me, I just don't care. If it's not going to affect what I got going on today, I just, I just don't care. I think too many times we just don't care. I don't think we I don't think it's that we just really don't want to care. I think that we just got so much going on and we've become so can I say this cuss word in church? Selfish <laughs> that that we don't have time for anybody else. We don't have time to help anybody. We don't have time to do anything. And the last one I jotted down was we don't even notice the opportunities a lot of times. We got so much going on that we don't even we don't even see some some of us in the room don't even view it as an interruption. We just don't even know that it happened. 
It's not that we're like, oh, I don't have time. We just don't even know that it happened because we don't notice it. And that's another reason why. And in these verses that we read earlier, we see that Jesus was always kind and always loving toward every person he encountered. Why? Because he was on mission. He was doing what God called him to do. What does it look like to be kind and loving? Maybe it's being interruptible. Maybe it's taking time to to listen to someone that's going through something. Maybe it's showing genuine concern. Maybe it's it's carrying uh, somebody else's burden with them so that they don't have to carry it alone. Maybe it's sitting with somebody and praying with somebody and spending time with somebody. Maybe it's treating the interruption as an opportunity. Living our lives on mission means that we show kindness and love to everyone around us. I want to go ahead and bring the worship team back up. And then here's my third point and the second thing that we need to do in these moments. And even just this one's really just as you go throughout your day, it's this. It's real simple. Be intentional. Be intentional. You've got to decide what real life really is. And that it's not necessarily everything that you've planned for yourself, but what God's planned for you is actually real life, that that the interruptions are actually opportunities that God is trying to use you to help somebody or to touch somebody's life. And in those moments, we've got to be kind and loving, and we've got to be intentional. We cannot escape the fact that there will be times when people interrupt our lives. But I would submit to you that living our lives on mission means that we are intentional to look for these opportunities. Will you stand to your feet today? That we're intentionally looking for opportunities. And maybe we could say it this way because we, we, we understand this word a little bit better. That we're intentionally looking for interruptions. That our first thought whenever we see somebody in the distance is not, I don't have time. But it's, God, do you want to use me? Do you want to use me in this moment? Because this didn't surprise God. This didn't surprise God. The fact that you encountered somebody that maybe he was trying to bring into your life as an opportunity, God didn't say, oh, wow. I had no idea they were going to be there. Sometimes God orchestrates it in your life so that you'll encounter the right person at the right time so that you can minister to the right person at the right time, but you've got to be interruptible. You've got to quit seeing them as interruptions and see them as opportunities and people that you need to be kind and loving to and be intentional to seek out because God cares about people. People. God's heart breaks for people. God leaves 99 righteous to go find one person that needs him. The Bible says that all of heaven throws a party when one person gets saved. I think if nothing else, that shows us that all of heaven and God himself cares about people. It's about people. People. Not my agenda. Not what I want to do. And I know this is hard to hear because we like doing it. And I'm not preaching against doing things that you want to do. So don't walk out of here and be like, you know, we went to that church that one time over there at Heritage Hall. 
and I'm never going back there again because they don't want me to have any fun. That's not what I'm saying. You can do, do we do things. We take our kids places. We'll go do things. We, we want to have fun together. But what I'm saying is, will you be intentional to let God use you in the moments that you see as an interruption that God says, this is actually an opportunity. It's actually an opportunity. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes today. As we end this message, I want you to picture in your mind what it would look like for you to be making an impact in your community. What does that look like for you? Not for the person next to you, but for you. What does it look like for you to actually be intentional to make an impact? What does it look like for you to embrace real life? What does it look like for you to be kind and loving and to be intentional in these areas? We're going to sing one final song. I want to go ahead and invite our prayer team to come down if they will. We're going to sing this final song together. And I want to encourage you, if if you need prayer for anything, as soon as the worship team begins to sing, as soon as this song, song begins, then you can come down for prayer. We would love to pray for you. But here's what I want to do before we do that. Is anybody here today that you would say, you know what, this has been helpful. This is something that I need to apply. This is something, this is a change I need to make in my life. I need to be, I need to be interruptible. I need to, to embrace the opportunities that God is bringing my way and not view them and try to avoid them. God, I thank you right now for every hand that went up all across this room. God, you know that we struggle with this. God, you know that I struggle with this. So Lord, right now, I pray that you would do something that only you can do in our hearts today. God, that you would, that you would show us what real life is and that we would begin to view people the way that you view people to view that person that we run into on a Wednesday the way that you view that person that we run into on a Wednesday and God that we would truly begin to make an impact in people's lives around us every single day and God we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts right now in this moment and Holy Spirit I pray that you would draw every person today who needs prayer in Jesus name Amen.